hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Succotash. The number one comedy podcast, podcasting about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast, podcaster... Mark Hershaw. All right, we are back with Succotash, the comedy podcast, podcast... I am Mark Hershon. This is Epi 23. 23 episodes. As uh, one of our guests today pointed out, we have almost a full day of Succotash episodes. Isn't that something? Uh, we've been doing it for a year. Do you realize that, Joe? Joe Polino, our producer and engineer, we've been doing this podcast for a year. Seems like only months. I know. Mere months. Mere really. months, yes. Mere months. But uh, yeah, it's been a year. Uh, this in April here. Um, anyway, we're back and uh, we have uh, interviews, uh, not an interview, it's a conversation. We have some guests in the studio. We'll get to that in a moment um, just to kind of take care of some housekeeping. Uh, first thing I want to mention is um, with, uh, you know, we're on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher Smart Radio. Um, what would be really helpful is if you're enjoying the show, hop on up onto iTunes and rate us. You just have to, it's like one th- through five stars. Click on five if you like us. If you don't like us, uh, go to Adam Carolla's podcast and click on one. <laughs> Why do I pick well, on Adam Carolla? He's got, the most, he's got the most successful podcast out there. I don't, I'm picking on him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you can also give us a review, which would be terrific. That actually would help us. We have never been featured on iTunes. You know, they have thousands of podcasts. And uh, there's a lot of them that get featured by the iTunes people based on the strength of the reviews. So the better the reviews, mm-hmm. the chances are we'll get reviewed. Uh, other housekeeping things. Um, please remember that I do uh, write a review of a particular podcast every week for the This Week in Comedy podcast over on SplitSider.com. So watch for that. I'm uh, a, crew, a part of a crew of about five or six people that write those reviews. Uh, we still have our Succotash gear on sale uh, our, at our Succotashery online. So go to SuccotashShow.com and click on the, uh, the T-shirt with our logo on it and go buy yourself some Succotash. Uh, we've got T-shirts and mugs and things like that. And then finally, we are still continuing our Save Our Hard Drive drive. Uh, just to quickly recount, I lost a uh, external hard drive repaired. We have our uh, Save Our Hard Drive drive. So go up to the website and click on our Donate button. And uh, as soon as we get uh, enough money to pay for it to get fixed, we will get those interviews that I have trapped on there out. So uh, in, in that light, I want to thank John Cullum, who just kicked in $11.11 this week to uh, help us out. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, distance from the mic you want to be. He's not. I drinking. just want to meet the guy who's like down at his computer, and the wife's going, "Honey, it's time to go." And he's, "I'm, I'm, got the hard drive, hard drive donation, I honey." I know there's so much to do. Uh, let's uh, let's get into uh, episode 23. I have uh, several guests in the studio, and the first gentleman uh, that I would uh, I've actually mentioned him several times in the past as our unofficial uh, Irish correspondent, and he's actually here in the flesh because he's in the United States. Uh, so let's welcome uh, Frank Cronin to the uh, studio. Rutgers studio P. From, from Dublin, from Ireland. Dublin, Ireland. The real deal. Yes. Very uh, nice. Yeah, very nice to be here. An absolute privilege. Well, welcome. Um, we're well aware of your great work over there in Ireland. Wow, thank you. I would say a mainstay of Irish culture at the moment. Wow, wow that's fantastic. And there's no one to say no to you. So we'll take that as given. Uh, we all, Our second guest has been in Studio P a couple of times before. Um, from uh, Saturday Night Live, Wayne's World, most recently, Dallas, Texas. 
Uh, yeah, extracting cash from a uh, steel manufacturing company. Yes. Um, <laughs> Dan and I did a, uh, a benefit with uh, Kevin Costner and Bob Costas oh, in nice. St. Louis, where Frank Cronin from Dublin, Ireland, came along with me. So Excellent. Ha- happy to be here. Master of Sky, still available on DVD. <laughs> so uh, Dana, Dana Carvey is back with us. And uh, I'm not exactly sure how to introduce our, our third guest, um, but uh, Tom Carvey is with us. Uh, and uh, Tom, welcome. <laughs> What's good? <laughs> cool. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> this is Thomas Carvey. Thomas Carvey. I think he's uh, been yeah. drinking. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, anyway, so uh, so we're here uh, for really just because Frank was in town. So I said, hey, come on by and let's do this. And um, we are going to utilize Frank's uh, services as a uh, as a native son of Ireland I'm in just a few go. minutes I'm to, to uh, help. help us interpret mm-hmm. a uh, an Irish podcast that we have. But before we get to that, I did promise this podcaster two episodes ago I was going to play his clip. Uh, so uh, I told him he would have pole position, which would be uh, our first podcast clip. So uh, without further ado, I want to play uh, something from PF's ta- uh, Tape Recorder, which is a, a podcast you can hear on iTunes. Um, and uh, let you uh, hear this. He, he records bits and pieces from television, and it acts as a springboard for him to do his own pieces. So here's a little bit of PF's Tape Recorder. So I took my wife to the local casino on the Big Game Sunday, uh, where ironically I couldn't bet on the Big Game, and we stopped at this little restaurant that we liked. It's a few blocks away from the casino, and uh, first of all, let me tell you, they have the best Mexican. His name is Pedro, and he's so nice. No, I'm kidding. It's, um, uh, that's kind of a reworking of another joke I do in my uh, stand-up a bit. Kind of the, the fun times you're in store for if you go see me do open mic. Uh, anyway, actually, the place is called Acapulco in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. And it actually is very good. Huge drinks. Huge, tasty drinks. Good uh, good food. And uh, just good times. Anyway, we're sitting there at the bar. And uh, thankfully, they don't have any of that pre-game rubbish on because I don't care about any of that stuff. I just, want, I just care about the actual game, which isn't going to start for a couple hours. And instead, they have True TV blurring. True TV, of course, shows all those uh, great reality shows. And uh, there's one on that's called Lizard Lick Towing. Now, I don't have cable, so this is kind of a treat. Uh, I'd never heard of this show. Apparently, it's semi-popular, and just basically what it is is uh, this guy down in North Carolina runs a towing business. Uh, his wife works with him. His buddy works with him, and they have oh, all kinds of misadventures repossessing people's uh, vehicles, which is one of the main things that they do. Okay, so uh, while I was looking for clips to play for you in this bit, I ran across a guy on YouTube that's very upset about the fact uh, that the show is, um, oh, Mm, kind of fake, maybe. It's, uh, or maybe it's a fictionalized account of things that happen. But this guy on YouTube, he's really upset uh, about the fact that, it, that it's fake. And uh, I was wondering how he took that WWE announcement a few years back. <laughs> like, wrestling's fake? <laughs> well, the problem with Lizard Lick is it's kind of bad fake. You could, it's kind of easy to see through. They didn't even really try to make it not fake. Uh, for example, in one storyline, uh, they repossess a van, and this van is being used by a guy to install cable TV. Well, he doesn't own the van. The guy that uh, does, his boss, is behind on the payments, so it gets repoed. Well, they go to repo it while he's on a job installing some guy's cable, and this doesn't sit well with the guy who is getting the cable installed. And he tells the repo guy, uh, Ron, the guy that runs Lizard Lick, hey, at least let him finish installing my cable. No dice. Ron hooks it up and uh, drags it out of there. Uh, there's a little fist of cuffs. And then uh, later, the guy that was supposed to get cable and the guy, the installer, turn up at the Lizard Lick offices while just 
Ron's wife is there, and they demand that uh, the installer get his truck back so he can at least finish the job. Uh, no dice. So, while no one's looking, the jilted cable customer takes matters into his own hands. And when Ron gets back to the shop, uh, he's in for kind of a surprise. I've never walked into office with food in my hand and not have my dog Repo coming out faster than the speed of light. Where's my dog? Uh, you guessed it. There's been some kind of a dog napping. They uh, bring up the CCTV and uh, are in for a bit of a surprise. Where's Repo? He's right there. Oh, there's Repo. He's at the door. He's he wants to go in. Look, Bo, it's those guys. The one we just finished Repo in the van from. He's what are you doing, dude? He dude, out. he just picked up my dog. Back no, up, no, up, he's put up. my dog in the car. I'm going to this guy's house right now. That dude took my dog. That's right. They took his dog. No, dude. Actually, he's a very, uh, a very kind of a charming guy. Nice, nice big southern fella, and very likable. Probably why the show is so successful, despite the uh, the chicanery that's going on. So anyway, uh, Ron goes back to the guy's house, nay trailer, uh, seriously. And while his buddy uh, is talking to the guy that dog napped the dog, uh, and talking to the couple at the front door, Ron sneaks around back. And the punchline of the bit here is that, of course, Ron opens the back door. He calls for Repo, his dog, gets his dog, and foils the potential cable customer. Now. I'm wondering if that, when they went to get this guy's release signed, because he's got to sign a release to be on TV, uh, if he said, well, I'll sign the release if you make sure I get my cable. And uh, because otherwise, you know, he's going to sign a release to be on TV, but he'll never be able to see himself because he doesn't have cable. So kind of an O. Henry-esque type of ending, isn't it? All right, so that's P.F. Wilson and P.F.'s tape recorder. Um, uh, I thought I wa- they were terrific. They They were terrific. Uh, I wanted to find out a little bit more about the podcast, so I went to their, and this is one of my beefs. These podcasts have these websites where they don't tell you anything about the podcast. I think some of these people are embarrassed because they work somewhere, so you can't even find mm-hmm. a last name or they use assumed names. So I went to the About section of the PF PF's tape recorder, and this is what the About page said. This is an example of an About page. You could edit this with the information about yourself or your site so readers know where you are coming from. Wow. So that's all the information about PF's tape recorder I I have. Uh, But if you want to hear more, go to pfradio.podbean.com or iTunes, where he regularly uploads his podcasts. I wonder if they know anything about the Secret Service guys in South America. Mm, Interesting. I'm just curious. Somehow I just... You think they would know? I have no evidence, but I got a feeling. I got the feeling. I'm suspicious. I'm hooked on a feeling. Blue Swede. I get the feeling. Nineteen seventy-seven. Wow. Maybe I don't know something like that. <laughs> uh, Guys approaching sixty for twenty, Bob. <laughs> anyway, uh, to to introduce you a little bit more to to Frank. Frank has a a channel on YouTube called Glowpunk. I do. Uh, where did the mm-hmm. Glowpunk name come from, Frank? Uh, well, the idea was I was trying to find a domain name that was first of all available ah. and that uh, had the connotations of positivity and rebel rebellion. So I thought glow for positivity and punk for rebellion. Glow punk. Yeah, and oh, it's, it's okay. short. I never so knew that. It's cool. It's kind of like short, like Facebook, and in theory, at some point, may develop into something of merit. At the moment, it's under construction, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, well, you have a number of fascinating interview, or uh, inter- both interviews and just, it, it's sort of like little mini documentaries. You've traveled around quite a bit. You, uh, uh, you own a bar in Mexico. Yeah, so the, the idea with the... The, the the video series basically is the is um I've been told that I have an eclectic lifestyle and I'm always doing little bits and bobs like this for instance is kind of surreal and this will probably be a video as well but uh, just to document if if I could make my life interesting enough and live off it by making videos for YouTube about it then that would be awesome so that's the plan 
And the bar was just something that has, at this point, I suppose, given me enough, enough uh, spending money to continue on my travels and make these crazy little videos with you guys. Excellent. Um, what's the uh, what is the, what's the bar called? It's called Temple Bar. Yeah, we stroked the uh, we stole the name from from a Dublin bar called Temple Bar. But, oh, okay. Uh, but it's basically a zone. Temple Bar is a zone in Ireland, and it's uh, now a bar in Mexico. So it's a kind of party zone in Ireland, and now it's a party bar in Mexico in Guadalajara, eighteen sixty Lopez Catia. <laughs> if you're an alcoholic, head down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did they get anything special if they mention your name or? Well, if they mention this comedy podcast, I'll I'll give them the bloody bar. This is <laughs> yeah. That's, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's, that would come must, out must of the field, right? Must be yeah. trying to get out of it. Yeah, but uh, sure, go in and uh, say uh, succotash and see what happens. Yeah. No, I'm 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 spreading the word about succotash down in Mexico. Unfortunately, the language barrier is slightly repressive. Hmm. How much Mexican do you speak, or, or Spanish? And, um, I'm kind of up to about fifty percent fluidity. Okay. okay. And, uh, yeah, getting better. Getting better. The more uh, the more time you spend, I guess, in the country under pressure, sure. the more you learn. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to, just to kind of uh, let folks hear a little bit about what you do on video. I don't know how how well this will come across, but this is from one of your uh, probably one of your more popular videos, uh, looking at the numbers, uh, and this is cliff jumping. In, in Ireland. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, it's very cold water, it would appear, from watching this video. Yeah, it's uh, well, the idea behind the video was to do something on, on our doorstep in Dublin that uh, a lot of people could do and have fun doing. So we just headed out one morning with the video cameras and jumped off some cliffs, and for some reason, I think it was the brilliant editing by myself, no, money messing, <laughs> but uh, for some reason the, the newspapers and the uh, the TV picked it up and we ended up getting the, some clips on TV, so... For some reason that happened, and uh, yeah, people like it. I don't know why. That's fantastic. So we'll, we'll give a listen, and then uh, if you want to watch the entire video, it'll be up on the SuccotashShow.com website that'll link you through to, uh, to YouTube. So uh, let's give a listen to part of uh, Cliff Jumping, or Cliff Jump, I guess is the title. Hey guys, Cliff Jump here, and we're out at Hose Head, and I'm with Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie from India, and Beth from Colorado. Right, and my brother Alex. Hi, I'm Turnier. So this is the first glow punk event and it's a raging success. We have four people. Brilliant. <laughs> and the water is very cold. Now, we're going to do some jumps and it's going to be great fun. Girls, will you lead by example? We needed to check the depth. So I used the two girls to check the depth and make sure there was no rocks underneath. Brilliant. Wow. The only thing we don't want to happen is that he dies. But we're willing to take a concussion or a broken nose. Not happy with risking a concussion or a broken nose, Alex went on to risk more. He was willing to risk a broken spine for you guys. Alex is my older brother, and he's got some serious diving skills. <laughs> you did it, boy! I think in all honesty, though, he may have some serious brain damage as well. Oh, nice. Risking one life wasn't enough. We risked three lives. Graceful and in unison, we jumped from the cliff. Like Michael Flatley's Riverdance crew. If only Michael Flatley would jump from that bloody cliff. One of the simple pleasures about wearing a wetsuit is taking a pee. And also knowing when somebody is taking a pee to adopt the high position on the rock. So we thought we were pretty tough here jumping in in the cold weather and then Matthew arrives basically naked, ready to go. This is what all this glow punkin is all about. The real, the real boys. Oh, you f- nearly fell over. 
My brother's level of brain damage had some competition. Raw cliff diving, unplugged with the locals. What's the sign? You're not cold anyway, no? Easy. Good stuff. Give me about an hour and then I'll be cold. Yeah, yeah. Do you get in every day? Matthew and Alex's rambunctious, risky antics attracted a crowd up in the clifftop. That was a good one. Do you do any fancy stuff or are you a, a pure plummeter? Uh, I like plummeting most. I do a lot of tricks but not enough, no tricks off a height. Yeah, yeah. I've got some terrible rashers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen people get blood, burst blood vessels. They do it wrong. <laughs> Since I got home from Mexico, I'd had about 100,000 million lovely Irish rashers. Mmm, bacon. My brother, on the other hand, wasn't sufficiently happy with getting rashers. He wanted to die. <laughs> My brother Alex is a keen gardener. And in this instance, you can see how much he likes to plant things. Watch as he plants his face. I don't know. Really don't want to do this, but... I'll just do it and stop talking about it. Bit of crack, huh? Bit of crack. Not to be outdone by local legend Matthew, I have to strip down and go in in my boxers. After living in Mexico for the last three years and only being in Ireland three days, I was really feeling the cold, so that was my last jump of the day. But the lads continued on, mental as they are, and made some incredible jumps. All right, well, that, that seems very uh, seems very dangerous. Now, Dana, you had some questions. What? Uh, what, what the fuck? You had, you had some questions going into... Uh, I did? I just was wondering how high were those cliffs? Uh, the, the cliffs were probably about 30 feet. 33 and a third feet, probably. 33 roughly. feet, that gets your attention. So mm. you could die if you went in an odd angle. Not really, you'd want to be you'd, you'd want to be semi-retarded for what that time. What fuck, you're kidding. 33 feet, you could break yeah, your maybe. fucking neck. Well, that sounds intimidating. No, it, it, it was fine, now it was how, fine. That water gets your attention, right? Yeah, well that's the kind of thing about swimming in Ireland. It's not really like, I suppose, in the States where you, you jump into the water and you swim around, you splash around and have a great time. In Ireland, it's all about just getting in and getting out before you have a heart attack. <laughs> that's pretty much... <laughs> But you guys are hardy. I mean, unbelievable. When your family would come visit us, it'd be like 42 with a stiff wind, and you'd all be out in, in bathing suits, lounging by the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what is that just thick Irish skin? I think it's just we're so used to bad weather that uh, we try to make the most of it whenever whenever we get out. Even if we can get out of the house, we're we're, we're chuffed with ourselves. So, you know, it's not often that it's not raining in Ireland. So you guys have a family connection. You're not just casual yeah. acquaintances. Tom's Me and Tom uh, are grandma sisters. is Frank's aunt. Okay. Right? I think, yeah. So they're cousins, basically. Right. Cousins. We'd be cousins. And then, yeah. My, be cousins. Um, Tom's mom, my wife, is uh, half Irish, 50%, right okay. down the middle. Slicer nice. and dicer. All right. And yeah. so I guess since we were about 12, we've been coming over visiting. And then this is, mm -hmm. as we've grown up then, his kids, Dana's kids, I guess, have kind of come into my spectrum of 
of uh, age groups so now we're hanging out and cool. we're doing all sorts of things Tom was actually down in Temple Bar in Guadalajara really? where pints are two for one Mondays and Tuesdays <laughs> <laughs> they spent a week in Guadalajara we don't know what happened down yeah. there wow well, a, a, lot of that, a lot of that probably will never come out I was a little no. nervous as a father sending my son to Guadalajara what happens in Guadalajara stays in Guadalajara a man of few words <laughs> at Tom but when let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> I would say the highlight was what, the was, what was the highlight what was the highlight Tom down in Guadalajara um, I couldn't tell you well wasn't it that you guys are exotic pets down there because you're blue eyes and you get a lot of attention from the girls I mean you can take it from there but yeah, isn't that the, the thing it's nice it's nice to be kind of in the yeah down there I guess you're something different in the same way if a, if a nice Mexican girl was walking down the streets of Dublin then you might pay her more attention than the average Mexican girl but Tom with his blue eyes and uh, I don't know I think they're called fades He's his slick haircut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he, so was, was he was getting a lot of attention. Eyes that got the ladies, you think, Tom? You know, I really couldn't tell you. It's really just a, it's a natural thing, you know? It's just a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> they call him the magnet. I don't know what it means. Interesting. They call him the magnet. The, the magnet. Okay. Did, did, have you heard that? that I was... heard what some stuff went down there. I just, you know, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm out of the loop. I mean, this young man is 18. You know, what, Tom? The, the topic of this radio show just changed dramatically. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Yes, I would like to just say, um, ladies, get at me. Um. <laughs> do you have a website, or what do you want to give uh, a yeah, You can uh, add my Facebook. No, well, oh, you're Facebook. Really, unfortunately, you have no idea what my listenership actually is like. <laughs> I, don't, oh. yeah, I don't know if you're going to be advertising your, the right crowd. What is your demographic? A lot of rheumatoid that's arthritis a, that's a, and things. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I don't really have a, a clear profile of who listens to Succotash. Nice. Uh, we get some nice tweets. We get the occasional email. Um, uh, we have uh, male listeners, female listeners. I like to think it's for the fun for the whole family. Yeah, we have many listeners who are incarcerated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's any like anything like my viewership on the Glowpunk channel, then you probably have the entire cast of Lord of the Rings listening to you. Basically, <laughs> that's pretty much. I get all the trolls, all the people who want to abuse me and make me feel bad about myself. That's pretty much. That's pretty much my viewership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, nice. <laughs> I like it. So, if you done a thing yet on Sakatash? What was the cartoon character? You've done that, right? Suffering Sakatash. You have that. Can you drop that? In or is that a Warner Brothers character? There was a uh, you famous know, cartoon I've, character. I've always stayed away from Snagglepuss. That was, yeah, that Snagglepuss, was Snagglepuss, right? Suffering, I've always stayed suffering. away from it because it just curious. it just seemed like ah, everyone's going to expect that. So, oh. but but for you, okay. we're going to put it in right here. Suffering in Thuckatash. somewhere in post. Hey, <laughs> he can't do it. Suffering well, That was pretty good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just might want to get a mop in there with you. That was pretty good. I know. There's a lot of spittle action Thank here you, at Joe. Studio Thank B. Uh, P. Studio P. Studio home P. of the hit. It's Studio P, home of the hit. Uh, this is a show from Ireland called The G&J Show. Oh, I've heard about them. They're fantastic. And uh, they, uh, I've, we've featured them before, and I find them hilarious once you figure out what they're saying. So I figured having uh, a native of Ireland here, uh, I selected some very short clips that maybe you can put the headphones on and give a listen to uh, and tell us what they're actually saying. These guys are from Belfast, They're right? from Belfast. Okay, yeah, I might have some trouble myself. Okay. I think this is going to be quite difficult. Come to Belfast, 2012. <laughs> Titanic was built here, don't you know? Ooh. I didn't know that until two days ago. Date is 14th, 100 years ago to the date. People is when the Sorry. Titanic went down today, hundred years ago. Today. Should we open that? Dude, today's just centenary. Did you know it was built in Belfast? 
Exactly. Built in Belfast, sank by Sinn Féin IRA icebergs. <laughs> Me and him figured it out. They were annoyed at the size of the boat. They sent an old ice cube out down the wagon. It built up like an old snowball rolling out of hell. Sank a Titanic. That's it. End of story. Okay, so that's the first clip. Yeah, so um, Belfast is the home of the Titanic, where they built the Titanic. Okay. And I think somehow they've managed to... Uh, <laughs> They've managed to indicate that the IRA was somehow or somebody was involved in sinking the Titanic. <laughs> which, uh, I'm, yeah, I think they got their dates wrong, but they're geniuses, I must say. And okay. they've, gra- they've great, uh, great speaking voices. Oh, okay. In Ireland, they would have a very sexy accent. Oh, is that true? Mm. Especially the girls from Belfast. They'd be, they'd be uh, hot property. Okay. Interesting. All right. It all comes back to the ladies. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, here's here's a, here's a se- here's, here's here's the second clip. It's a little bit longer, and uh, I'm I'm not I can't remember exactly what I think they were talking about, but let's give that a listen. We were on uh, grass. What do you call it? Assault course. Keep back. It's uh, look good. Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Point. Uh, we were on Sanctuary for like you had it two hours on, two hours off, and we were sitting there. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, like we were told. If you see somebody coming, cock your weapon. So, so they know, hear it? Are you here? Uh, no, no, it's just sort of like, I so as you hear, like a wee bit of a warning type thing. Mm. You no, know, if you hear anybody coming or oh, see anybody. Oh, for the other person with you? Yeah. Oh, right. No, for like the enemy. Oh, right. ah, yeah, that's what I thought. So we're sitting there, next thing you know, remember she's sitting there having smokes and all that. No mm. smoking in the tin cans and all, so as he couldn't see us. Next thing you know, we're like, what's that noise? It's cracking. We've sort of seen a figure. Mm. So. Sort of Colony Morgan. We're sort of like, right, what are we going to do here? We're going to cock our weapons. It's like, ah, right, fuck it. So the two of us cocked our weapons. See, as soon as we cocked our weapons, like, we only had the wee, like, they were proper new SA80s, but yeah. they had all the parts that made them automatic or fully automatic taken out, so you had to cock every round in the chamber. Right, uh. So we did that there. Next thing you know, all we heard was, bah, 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 bah. fucking next thing you know, a flashbang started getting fucking fucked over everywhere and they were, they landed like not far from us and fucking they're going off. So we're like, fuck's sake. <laughs> he just started fucking firing blindly and the fucking ours whole nowhere. But Trying to have an old smoke here. <laughs> next thing you know, they all get fucking called around. Says, uh, who was on sensor? It was like, us. Just cock your weapons, yeah. Why? I hope it was only like a recon. It was like, would you fucking told us if we see anybody cock our weapons? Huh? <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> I, now what I what I could get from it is he was talking about being on some sort of sentry duty. Yeah. So these guys are obviously these guys are either somebody I want to talk about or I want to keep my mouth shut about. <laughs> so I'm a little bit nervous right now. But they were talking about, uh, yeah, cocking their weapons and uh, yeah. all sorts of things and throwing flashbangs around. Okay. Yeah, so they were right. like, yeah. Uh, yeah, these guys were into it. But I'd like to know if Tom, Tom, Tom's got a good ear, and so has Dana. Could you guys understand these guys? Every word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no they, words. No, but what, what, who are these guys, and what are they talking about? They're awesome. I, I don't know what, what, I don't know if they're part of the, would they be part of the, the military? Or well, it's either military or paramilitary, but uh, <laughs> either way, I don't want to talk much more about them. That's the thing until I find out. I'll have to find out. G and J, I got to check you guys out. All right. Well, let's listen to the last clip. It's not quite as long, and I don't think they're. They, I think they're talking about something else. So maybe you won't get in trouble. Oh yeah. 2p coin yes start scratching like four games on it then went hang on that if your weight is greater than ours no it wasn't damn I'm a fat cunt too it should be next one match two symbols no I'm one of them is the rich so see if I had a match rich for life baby Mm-mm-mm. we're doing a show in the studio and everything it's amazing I'm getting a new computer <laughs> a super super computer third game ooh close one ooh close one oh fiver 
fucking right. <laughs> Magic. You're more chuffed by a fiver. And then the boss comes around the corner. He's like, what are you doing there, Gavin? I'm like, scratch card. Like, do you want anything? Hi. Like, oh, happy days. That was only a fiver. That's not too bad. Like, I uh, cost a fiver. Oh, it's not so good. Like, no shit. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't take it out. Yeah, he cook on you, Gavin. Fuck, sake, I'm parched. <laughs> now, I, I think I, have, I figured that out. I yes. have a question. Is there any chance there was not copious amounts of Guinness in bodies before these guys. Yeah, these boys that just seem a little like bit a, cut, all right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, well, fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they frequently, during their podcast, will say, yeah, we'll be back after a quick break for a smoke and a beer. <laughs> so I know, they've, they've great banter. They've a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. The, on, the only thing is, for someone like me, if I was to speak in a thick Dublin accent, which I try to lose whenever I'm speaking into a microphone, uh-huh. then they mightn't understand me. But right now, I found that one hard to understand. Oh, okay. You seem to be outdoing me here. You can understand Well, that. I've heard these a couple of times. So yeah. uh, once I, once your ear catches it, they were talking about some sort of scratchers, like a lottery yeah, game. Yeah, scratch card, and they won a fiver, but they lost a fiver, or it cost a fiver. So they, right. I kind of understood it, but I don't know the context. It seemed like yeah. a fairly... Uh, Fairly wild conversation. I like it. <laughs> yeah. These guys, I'm going to check these guys out more. Yeah, these so that's the G&J Show, and uh, you can find them at gnjshow.com. Genius. They're also on iTunes, and uh, they uh, cheerfully uh, support Succotash Show and uh, have us uh, proudly displayed on their homepage, so I'm very happy about that. So you're, how long are you in the United States for? Well, I came up uh, two weeks ago, and I have a total of 85 days, I think, in the States. I could have close to 90, um, but I decided not to go right up to the 90 just in case. Ah. I can't do any more than three months, otherwise they shoot me. <laughs> and uh, the plan is, anyway, I have a flight out of New York on the 6th of July, so I'm going to take in the 4th of July, and I've somehow to get my way across, across the States and, uh, yeah, try and video document as much things as I can. Do you need yeah. people's help in getting across the United yeah, well, States? Yeah, well, it would be awesome if they, they could contact you. If they could tweet me, if they had anything amazing that they were doing and wanted to be part of a video, that would be awesome. It'd be very easy to tweet me or Facebook me or Google Plus me. How? Or how would face- they do that? Huh? How would they tweet Facebook? Well, uh, all these guys out here now in this social media, they would know how to do it. Anyone so, who's listening to this probably has the uh, the wherewithal to to use Facebook. Okay. And I'm on Glowpunk, so you just put Glowpunk anywhere in the internet and. I think I'm the only one at the moment. That's right. So go to at Glowpunk on Twitter. Yeah, or Glowpunk on Facebook or Glowpunk on Google+. Or you can just hit me up with a message on YouTube and you can say hello and I'm there. I'll be, I'm super responsive because I don't have that many fans right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm at that stage where I'm looking for fans. Hmm. This changes. Once you've been on Succotash. Oh, yeah, you're into the stratosphere. This yeah. is, yeah, this is going to be something. Well, so I hear. So I hear. <laughs> Um, is there anything you're, that you sort of have in your mind that you're going to hope to capture some sort of experience uh, other than Fourth of July? Well, so I may as well tell you some of the experiences I've had so far. One was sure. uh, a night. One was a night in Dallas at a at a comedy show. I think Dana was there, as far as I know. Right. Yep, yep. I was there. And then another thing that I did was uh, Tom. I was uh, out with Tom in uh, West Oakland or East Oakland, I think, and we were breakdancing with his friends, who are super good breakdancers. They're called the Regulators. Yeah, and they regulate things like that. Yeah, they're super good. And I'm going to release that video in about a week. So uh, that'll be good. But in the next, uh, after that, I think I'm probably going to uh, finish up at some point in Florida or at Niagara Falls. And in Florida, I'm going to try and do a, f- a flying lesson and also jump out of a plane. So that'll be kind of good. And then up in Niagara Falls, I'll probably put myself in a barrel and fuck myself off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only messing. If the flying lesson wasn't going well, would you jump out of the plane? 
<laughs> if, I, if I had a parachute, <laughs> you seem, yeah, you seem to like to jump off of and out of stuff. So. I don't know. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess yeah. Some people need a little bit extra stimulation just to feel normal. I would probably be one of those people. Needs to be out of my comfort zone just to feel normal and good. Cool. You know? Tom, how long have you been breakdancing? Nine years now. Really? Yeah, quite a bit of time. That's nice. I, I wish we were in an audio medium. You could give us a demonstration, but it would be sort of lost here. Oh, definitely. I, I agree with you. <laughs> Are you looking forward to seeing how uh, Frank's video comes out? Yeah, I am. I think it'll come out really nice. Some good footages. Cool. Really cool. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's give a listen to uh, uh, another clip. This is from actually a, a friend of mine, Janet Varney, just started her podcast called The JV Club. It is uh, part of the Nerdist.com network. And uh, this is, uh, she's only done about six or seven episodes, uh, but she is a sketch comedian. She is a actress. Mm -hmm. She's also one third of the organizers of the SF Sketch Fest. Oh, really? Oh. Um, very talented. And um, her, she has a very specific um, format in that she uh, only does sort of one-on-one -on -one conversations with, with women, other women performers mm -hmm. uh, in Hollywood. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. I'd made a remark a couple of episodes ago that there's not a whole lot of women in podcasting. And uh, she's one that's helping to sort of prove that to be, if not wrong, at least uh, it's beginning to fade. There's also a Jackie Cation's Dork Forest, uh, Girl on Guy with uh, Aisha Tyler, is another podcast that's doing wow. well. But uh, here's, a, here's a little clip of uh, Janet Varney with her guest, Natasha Leggero. Interesting. Just what you said about missing that fearlessness. I do, I kind of miss when you, and for those of you, if there are young teenage women listening to this, I mean, the, the little bit of asshole in us. There, I could use a little bit of that in in this business that we're in and I think a good way to do it like this happened to me by accident because I was in I was in St. Louis last week and this is kind of a funny story so my aunt decided she was going to drive up from Rockford, Illinois to come see me with her new family and so there's like eight of them and it's a four and a half hour drive and I had already got my ticket I'm playing a casino it's, I didn't need the added stress of having ten members of my family in the audience but they came anyway and so afterwards I had like, I didn't have time. I, I had like stuff I was working on and I had to be up the next morning. So I was like, I can't really hang out with you guys. So my aunt comes back with her new husband up back to my room. She keeps talking. So finally I offer them some wine. And then her husband starts making racial slurs. And he starts, um, what did he call? He started calling black people woolies. What? I don't, Where does some, that even come from? I don't know. It's like some... Oh, no. Some racial... I don't know what the fuck. And I was like, okay, guys, time to leave. And I... Because I was like... It, they were already infringing on my time. And then it's like... I just felt like someone came into my room and just like let this like terrible stink bomb... You know? So yeah. I was like, get out. So I made them get out. And then I texted my friend who was opening for me. I'm like, those assholes finally left. You know? And I was like, I hate family. My aunt's husband was just you know, making racial slurs. And I accidentally sent that text to my aunt. Oh! <laughs> but then oh. I started... So I was just going to let it go. But then I was like... And I knew I could confuse her with texts because I was like, she probably doesn't... She probably doesn't know you can accidentally send a text to someone else. So she probably thinks I'm just sending it to her. So I started bombarding her. I'm like, he shouldn't have said that. That's absolutely unacceptable. And like, I really like went off on and like I sent like 10 texts about how wrong that was and she called me and we talked about it and he felt really bad but you know just being able to tell someone what you think 
Because it was like it was like by accident. Because like yeah. I was just gonna be like, no, no, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm just gonna complain about it to someone else. But just, I wish I could have had like the integrity to call him up and say, if you're ever gonna be around me, don't talk like that. And he said, I'm a racist. So it's like. If you want to be a racist, I don't have to be near you. I'm certainly not going to invite you into my room right. for like an hour and a half. Like, but it just felt so good to really tell someone what you think. And I don't know how to get in that mode where I could do that and not have it be some grave accident. That's so interesting. And I'm sure someone would argue somewhere in your subconscious you knew that you were accidentally texting your I really did Because you did need to say. I didn't. Because yeah. I was texting two people that week. You yeah. know, or that, you know, like when you're on the road. So it was like they, I was thinking about her. So I just... Yep, texted her. Yep. But, you know, and she she emailed me the other day. She's like, you know, um, his, my husband, I don't want to say his name. I'm sure they don't listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband, he hasn't talked for three days. He feels so depressed. You know, like it really affected them that I responded so crazily on my text. So, you know, why not try to really make a difference and say what you think without being like overly crazy emotional, but... I don't know. That's that's kind of after that happened, it felt good. And I yeah. want to do more stuff like that. All right. So that's uh, Janet Varney, your guest, Natasha Legero. That's the JV Club. Again, they're on the Nerdist.com network and over at iTunes as well. Um, I wanted to talk about a guy we featured here a number of times on the show, Larry Miller. Uh, he does a podcast called This Week with Larry Miller. And uh, he had an unfortunate accident a couple of weeks ago where he was in a bar and he fell and hit the back of his head. Uh, I guess, or hit his head. I, I read specifically somewhere it was the back of his head, but apparently he's had some uh, complications and he's, he was put into a medically induced coma and uh, not quite sure what his condition currently is, but our thoughts here on Succotash certainly go out to him. And um, we will try and keep you uh, abreast of his condition as we find that out. So uh, <clears throat> our best to his, uh, his family and friends. That's uh, Larry Miller. Um, let's, uh, you know, let's dump into the, uh, the, uh, or jump into, let's not dump into because that would make a mess. It would be difficult to clean up, but, uh, let's, uh, jump into the tweet sack, which is our version of a mail sack here because nobody really takes the time to email anymore. They just sort of mention us on Twitter. Nice. So I call it the tweet sack. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, like it. uh, episode 26 of the D head factor, which is out of Canberra, mm-hmm. Australia, uh, for those of you who missed it, um, I want to thank uh, Jabs from there. They uh, they did a Succotash Show tribute show where they played our theme song. They took our format and played clips from other podcasts. And they mentioned our show like relentlessly throughout the entire hour and played wow. a few clips from our show as well, which was terrific. Uh, and then Jabs got a little bent out of shape because he thought I stopped following him on Twitter. And the truth of the matter is I, I've, they have these follow limits on Twitter. If you're if only a certain number of people are following you, you can only follow a certain number of people. Okay. So I hit that that limit, mm-hmm. and it started dumping people out. And his was one of the accounts that I lost, so I had to go back in and jiggle things around until I got back on. So, Jabs, nothing personal. We love the tribute. Honestly. Love the tribute. Um, I want to also uh, talk to uh, uh, about Turk Re- at Turk Reno, who's a fan of the show, and uh, he is actually helping us get our Twitter stream uh, up working uh, uh, functional again. Our, our RSS feed is not working properly, and so he's a uh, he's got a co- company down in Texas, and he is helping us reconfigure our whole website and everything else. So uh, thank you at Turk Reno. And then uh, I have a uh, an actual message on Facebook from uh, a listener, John Culm, 
who's also an old friend of mine who also kicked a few bucks into our save our hard drive drive. And uh, he says, I like your show. I can't help it. The interview with Kenny Stevenson and Dorian Davies was great on several levels. For one thing, I miss the city so much. That was the the interview I did in San Francisco. It was cool to have that city background noise and I could hear the interview just fine. Uh, the actual content of the interview was really interesting. The process of their careers was traced as they entered and progressed through the groundlings and the process of getting their film made and the help they had through relationships. My daughter, like many kids, thinks about going to L.A. to act, and I felt that that interview would be great for her or any high school kid to hear. So thank you, John Cullen, for the, uh, the kind words, and uh, we will uh, attempt to continue to bring scintillating interviews, just like the one we're hearing now with Frank Cronin, Dana Carvey, and Tom Carvey. How many podcasts are created per day? Because it seems like it's almost a biological phenomenon at this point. <laughs> I, I, you know, like they're spawning. I think they are spawning. Probably it's, it's, how many per day are created? Forget it, the, how many there are. It's a good question. Thousands I would, per day? <laughs> Joe? <laughs> how many podcasts are created per day globally? Globally? Yeah. Well, there's one podcast per every... 35,000 people. So you work that into 7 million, 6 million people. Right. I'm not good at math. And then the podcasts are are cloning themselves. So you have sort of the three-dimensional matrix of podcasts. That's what I kind of think, is that it's sort of a sci-fi kind of brain. Well, one of the things I've noticed is if you start hearing, particularly amongst the comedians, once a comic starts making the rounds of podcasts as a guest, you can kind of guess by the time he hits his eighth or ninth podcast, He's about to introduce his own podcast. Interesting. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's just a fascinating phenomena, just uh, hearing all the different people from all over the world yeah. getting engaged in yours. Well, that's the interesting thing. I mean, I've got listeners all over the United Kingdom and in Australia and mm-hmm. in Canada, and uh, uh, I guess there's people in the United States listening. Uh, just a <laughs> total non sequitur. Anyone from Madagascar? Anybody? Anybody? Anyone? Burma. We got one from Burma. Yeah, one guy in Burma. Excellent. Is is he on the line? Do we have a call? <laughs> Maybe next show. We do have a Succotash hotline, by the way, which is 818-921-7212. So if someone called that right now, what would happen? They would just get an answer. We wouldn't service. be here. No, they would just get a voicemail. I was going to dial it. Yeah, I know. They'd just get the voicemail <laughs> and then leave us a message and then we'll play it on the show. Um, so anyway, that's 818-921-7212 is our Succotash hotline. Um, Frank, what, uh, what sort yes. of observations can you make of, of sort of the um, times you've been here in the U.S. most recently, um, sort of the, the United States uh, perception of the world outside? Because I think we're very insular here. Uh, maybe that's just my take. Oh, wow. Well, I think... Uh I think actually California is the, the only thing I can kind of say I've seen. And the people in California that I've met are hyper-educated and kind of uh, outside-the-box thinkers. I must say that Californians, as far as I can see, are the, the kind of well-educated, uh, broad-minded people. Now, you're so. not just trying to flatter us. Oh, I am, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Um, the only thing is, one thing I've noticed, and I think this is basically down to the schooling system and their focus on geography, is that sometimes people uh, don't know where certain places are. That's something that I found interesting. But I think that's because Ireland, we're a, we're a bunch of immigrants or emigrants. So we go everywhere. So we need to keep track of where everyone is in the world. <laughs> Whereas the Californians are kind of happy where they are because it's so bloody beautiful here. <laughs> so they don't need to know. They don't need to know where anything is. So they, they don't need maps. There's a certain logic to that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of strange acidic logic. Yeah. 
Sorry. Uh, now, Daniel, what, what's been your observation seeing Frank uh, interact with people like when you were in Texas and whatnot? Uh, you were talking the other day that he has, a, oh, a, he has some unique turns of phrase, for instance, that people in this country probably aren't used to. Well, they use the language better than uh, we do, the, 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 you know, the uh, Europeans in general, I think. But the Irish, um, Tom's uh, grandmother, I mean, she's got all kinds of funny little expressions, and um, Frank's dad... Uh, this is the one I quote because it was so interesting. He'd come to Mill Valley and visited, and then he came back a few years later, and we were hiking on the ridge, and he's, he was commenting about, you know, the trees versus the buildings, and he goes, I'm glad to see the trees are still winning. <laughs> this is very... And the other day, Frank made uh, made me and uh, our, my trusty driver, Chip, laugh because it's just an expression. Uh, we were talking about, we were just riffing on Barack Obama using nursery rhymes as a way to further his political point of view, you know. <laughs> Three blind mice cannot afford ocular implants. Don't have the money to get the eyesight back. So they <laughs> wander around. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and all the king's soldiers, all the king's men couldn't put him back together again. But how can a horse put together an egg that is broken? <laughs> There's no opposing digits. So we were having fun with that. And then Frank said, you know, um, what about Puss in Boots? And I said, well, what's the story behind Puss in Boots? And he says, it's about a cat with a pair of lovely boots. <laughs> <laughs> and lovely boots just made me laugh. I don't know if that's Irish, but, yeah. but uh, it's, uh, uh, Frank charmed everyone in, in Texas and uh, Oklahoma and uh, in Missouri, you know. He stands out. So we, we tried to think of, uh, we're just driving along. We had a 600-mile yeah. drive. We did the gig in Dallas, and then we went to the charity event in St. Louis. And we're going, going in and out of these Dairy Queens with, with real sturdy frontier women. And oh, so you've seen some of the finer parts of America. I've seen some of the finer parts of America and some of the less finer women of America. <laughs> I thought they were great. But the woman literally said to me, and I'm pretty good at accents, I went, we went to the Dairy, King, Dairy Queen, and I got the kitty cone, and she literally said 82 cents like this. Ah, tu sais. What? <laughs> uh, wow. So then we went in other places. It was a little dicey at times, and we just thought, um, what would be the craziest thing someone would say to Frank? And for you uh, people listening, Frank has you know red hair and freckles. He looks quintessentially what an American would view as Irish. So we thought he'd walk into a redneck who would say to him, you look like a leprechaun shit out of faggot. <laughs> <laughs> now... I don't know if you have to cut that as that's no. offensive. We nah. were just thinking, what if that guy said that? It's a derogatory term, um, but we just thought that's what someone would say to him. You look like a leprechaun. Shit out of it. <laughs> Are we in trouble? Is Obama uh, No, and Frank, what is your rebuttal to that? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, we were just trying to work on some comedy. We were trying to expand some ideas. And Dana, of course, came out with a gem, as he always does. That's all we had. That's <laughs> all we had for 400 miles between Tulsa and Springfield. But yeah. it, was a, it was a believable sentence that we might hear in that part of the world where we were at that time. But when you travel with an Irishman who's actually traveled a lot, but when you go to Dallas, Texas... And we were at the Gaylord Hotel, and the atrium is bigger than God. I mean, the hotel, everything is oversized. And I'm thinking it's amazing, but for Frank, it was like the Wizard of Oz. You went to the sports bar. I don't want to exaggerate it. The sports bar was as big as Candlestick Park. The screen was literally 50 feet high, a 50-foot high, high-definition television Wow! in the sports bar. 
Mm. So you could see the, as Jay Leno would say, the yellows and the browns. Who's winning? <laughs> but uh, to see it through Frank's eyes, it was fascinating because it was all all brand new. Well, the whole thing it. was just overstimulating for me. I have to say, it was uh, there was too much going on. I couldn't sleep till four in the morning. We were at the Four Seasons in oh. St. Louis, way high in the sky, overlooking the arch, mm-hmm. and um, the rooms were gorgeous and. Uh, you know, the Irish culture is, I guess you'd say, humble in a way, and not don't get too big for your britches. So this is a, this is like, you know, $29 for a cup of coffee place, and the room service person would come, and Frank would always go, can I give you a hand? Yeah. What can I do? <laughs> well, it was strange, because they were... Would cur- you like a cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I made the mistake of asking them, did they want to have a shower? <laughs> yeah, but that got awkward oh, for yeah, a few seconds. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, Frank got a little nervous, and goes, would you like to stay? Would you like to take a shower? And there was the, 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 it, it hung in the room. It was some... Yeah. Then, <laughs> Luckily, she took it well. She took it well. And she had a shower. Well, that's because you're so charming, mm. of course. Well, I got away with it. I think it, was, uh, I think it was the company I was keeping at the time. I got away with everything. Tom, are you mm-hmm. Tom? Are you fascinated by you know your dad travels around and does all these interesting gigs and whatnot around the country? Is what, from your eyes, what what kind of life is is that? Is that something you you envy? Is it something you're curious about, or is it kind of like ah, it doesn't matter? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. I gotta say, like I would definitely like to tour one day. That'd be awesome. You know, go to a ton of different cities and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All I need is 10 minutes, 10 good minutes. That's right. He, he's always looking for a good opener. So. I've got tons of openers. In fact, Mark Kershaw, did we say this on the last podcast? Mark Kershaw has been my opener, and uh, he's an improv player, but not a traditional stand-up. So we always introduce him as the CEO of whoever we're playing. We played Humphreys, <laughs> which is a big outdoor theater in San Diego, and I had no opener, and so Mark was with me. So we had him put on the Humphreys ja- shirt, shirt yeah. or jacket, and then, well, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the CEO of Humphreys International, Mark Kershaw. <laughs> and he came out, and we had fake uh, yeah, future shows. Acts that were coming up, people that were dead, uh, things like that. And how'd it go? Yeah. How'd it go for oh, you? It was great. They, you know, they, first, they, they think it's legitimate. It was totally played straight. Yeah. I never said I was joking or anything. <laughs> they believed and, you. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I, you know, thank them for making Humphreys their entertainment choice. You know, we know, we know you have a lot of places you could go. And this is just one of 1,300 Humphreys around the world, which yeah. is, isn't true. Uh, and then coming October 26th, what was it, Joan Rivers and, <laughs> Joan Rivers uh, and... Sluts Galore or something, <laughs> a uh, one-woman stage play. You know, we just made up particular yeah. shows. It was a lot of fun. And then in Vegas, we had these voiceover warnings of things you couldn't do as the show was beginning. Because they'd start with, uh, you know, uh, before the show begins, please remember, there's no video photography allowed in the theater. Right, as people are kind of coming in with the lights on in the theater. Which yeah. was legitimate. And then we, uh, I did all the voiceovers, and we just had it recorded. And then Please it, re- refrain from talking during the production. You know, thank, and then, you, and thank you. Thank you. And then there'd be a 30-second pause, and then, and then it would get weirder. Please make sure you do not touch the person sitting directly in front of you or to your right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Please do not brew beer at your seat. Yeah, it went thank to that so, kind of stuff. Nice, yeah, nice. It's crazy. Person seeing not laughing will feel a, a low electrical <laughs> volt, voltage through their seat, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so I've been, built. I've been Dana's opener. Well, so, yeah, so, Tom, we'll get him in there. Frank? Yeah, maybe someday. Someday. Be fantastic. To get yeah, to I'm going top. to uh, Wendover on uh, oh. Saturday night. Where's Wendover? High Desert of, uh, of Nevada. Nice. What, nice. Are you doing, nice. what are you doing up there? It's a gas station and a casino. <laughs> I'm extracting cash from the East and Wendover people. There's a whole controversy. The East Wendovers hate the West Wendovers. And, you know, I just try to broker a piece. Good luck to you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> now on to... Now on to the next clip. Uh, we heard from uh, JV Club. I now have a clip from JV Mail, 
which is a whole different podcast. This actually podcast started in 2005. Uh, they took a hiatus in 2007. They came back in 2011. And uh, so uh, this is JV and his uh, partner in crime, Brady. <laughs> Who are well rested. And it's a very simple concept for a show. It's called <laughs> JV Mail. And they literally just take a single piece of mail that's sent in and they just respond to it. Yeah, and so the show good. is generally seven to ten minutes long. Uh, I love it. Very simple concept. So here's, uh, no, here's, here's a taste of JV mail. Today's question comes from Brady from Ben Salem, and he asks, Aren't all zombie movies the same? We'll be back right after. Now, forget that. Zombie movies are not all the same. Okay? You know what? Yes, no, they are. No, Give they're the music. not. How, how are they all? <laughs> okay, fine. We're not even answering the question. Are all? Why are all zombie movies the same? Yes, they are. That's not even the right answer. Okay, fine. That's they're, not even anywhere close to the, the right same answer. Because they're zombie movies, and that's what zombie movies are. They're about zombies. No, they're not about... They're not all they about zombies. Go, oh, zombie movies are not brain. all about zombies. Okay, so there was this one movie that I saw. And some don't even eat brains. So... And there's some this, run. <clears throat> okay, but so they're see, they're not all the same. They're all zombies. There's this one movie that I saw about strippers, and they happen to be a zombies. It's a movie. It's a porno. No, no, it was it was about zombie strippers, and they were zombies who were strippers. I mean, strippers who became zombies. Oh, drag but, me to hell. But it was a comedy about 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 strippers who um, got infected by you know the zombie plague, that's, and it was that's you know, not a zombie was movie. A, that's a comedy. It's just Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, and there's another zombie movie. It's a comedy. Yeah, it's a comedy with zombies in it, and it's funny, and it has zombies, but it's not the same as the other, I don't know. Okay. so in What this, movies, so, okay, what so, zombie movies are the same? Let's start there. The stripper movie. Shaun of the Dead. No, they're not the same. They're, Dawn of the Dead. They're f okay, those two movies are funny. 28 but, Days And later. they have zombies in it. But okay. they have completely different plots, completely different characters. They are not the same at all. The main characters are the zombies, and they're all the same in every single zombie movie. No, they're not. Zumba. There were sexy zombies in Zombie Strippers. There were no sexy yeah, zombies okay. in Shaun of and, the Dead. And how did they make more zombies? Or Dawn of the Dead. How did they make more zombies in the stripper movie? Um, they, uh, they put more makeup on and, you know, effects and, Yeah, you but know. how did they make more? How did they recruit zombies? Oh, um, they, they pick up the phone and called up Zombies R Us. <laughs> okay. Is that what you mean? No, yeah, I'm no, they didn't that do they that. Bit. I'm thinking that they bit people. Yes. Well, actually, that is exactly what happened so in Zombie Strippers. So they eat people. Yeah. Strippers eat people and then they turn them into zombies. Now, what's the difference between that and Shaun of the Dead? The difference between that and Shaun of the Dead is that Shaun of the Dead was a wonderful comedy starring Simon Pegg and that other dude whose name I can't remember. And it's, it's all about one. how they're trying to get to the pub to ride out the zombie apocalypse. But there's zombies. And Zombie Strippers is about uh, some, some strippers who get infected with a zombie plague and then become zombie strippers. And after doing their zombie dances, eat people. But they eat people in Shaun of the Dead and yeah. in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, but they're not the same. And 28 Days Later. Yeah, but they're not the okay, same. You need to look at it like this, okay? <laughs> what was the name of the guy in Shaun of the Dead, the actor? Sean? Okay, well, what's the actor's name? You mentioned Yeah, him. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. I just want to make sure you meant Sean or someone He is else. not the main character. <laughs> the main characters are the zombies in every zombie movie. The stripper zombies, the zombies on the street, the zombies that run in 28 Days Later. Well, actually, in Shaun of the Dead, he was the main character, not the zombies. In, in Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, in, in Dawn of the Dead. The zombies were the, zombies the main were the main characters. characters. All right. 
Yeah, yeah, but but in that movie, they had a whole bunch of zombies collecting at a mall, trying to get into the mall to eat the people inside the mall. So you change the location. Every single movie has the exact same plot. No, it doesn't. They're not people. Zombie strippers definitely did not have the same plot as any other zombie movie. People weren't trying to escape the stripper zombies. No, they were they were getting lap dances and then getting eaten. And and when the first person got eaten, the rest just sat there and waited their turn. Well, come on, they were zombie strippers. That's true. You don't would, see that very often. I would probably <laughs> wait. All right, so that's JV Mail, JV and Brady. Uh, you can ask your questions and hear your answers at jvmail.com or just listen to them with answers to other people's letters at iTunes and also Stitcher Smart Radio. Um, let's just, uh, you know, let's just go to another podcast and then we'll get back to our conversation. This is a friend of the show, Ed Wallach, uh, started listening to, uh, Succotash when we first started and got inspired to do his own podcast. He's, uh, oh. uh he's a guy, he's an open micer from, uh, the Ooh, peninsula okay. right here. He lives down in Pacifica mm-hmm. and uh, he's now him. had his 10th or 11th episode of his podcast called mm. Don't Quit Your Day Cast. Uh, Ed is a bit of a ranter. He uh, writes uh, funny material, but he loves to rant about things. Uh-huh. And uh, most recently, a human foot washed up on the beach in Pacifica. Perfect. And uh, he had a few things to say about that. Here's Ed Wallach. A foot washed ashore on Rockaway Beach in the town I live in this week. Just a foot, a human foot. It wouldn't have been a big deal if it was a deer foot, I don't imagine. I don't think it would have made the news locally. Uh, maybe if it was a seal's foot. No, I'm not the black singer, Seal. I don't mean his foot. But anyway, I don't actually know what color the foot was that washed up. Whatever color the person was before it washed up, I imagine it was lighter, a lighter shade of that color. Unless they were white, and then it would be like gray. So it might be a little darker. But that happens here quite a lot before I got really grossed out about it, which was kind of funny. I mean, she's a nurse, so she's dealing with gross stuff all the time. But apparently a disembodied foot uh, is a little too much for her. Uh, And so this foot just washed ashore. No idea where the foot came from. And it made me speculate to my wife. I was like, well, it's probably someone that jumped off the bridge and ruined one of my pictures. Uh, Because people jump off the Golden Gate Bridge all the time. And invariably, two or three of them have jumped while I was taking pictures. And that really ruins my family photos when you jump off the bridge while I'm taking a picture. Let's try not do that. Uh, Could you... Please go jump off the Bay Bridge or something. It's new. It's pretty. I mean, there's a new span. Uh, not that I'm encouraging people to jump off bridges. Uh, that's not good for the Bridge Commission. And see, that's something else. Here in San Francisco, they're talking about putting these big nets under the Golden Gate Bridge uh, to catch the insane circus performers that jump off, I guess. Uh, but they're going to put these nets... They're, I forget what they're calling them, but... You know, it's already pretty hard, honestly, to jump off the bridge. Uh, you know, it's fairly high fence. It's not a super high fence, but, you know, it takes a little work. And then you got to climb out a ways, if you've ever been on it, uh, to get to the edge to before you could jump off. It's a pretty detailed process. I mean, they're going to a lot of work. I don't think that just because you put a net under there that goes another five feet out, maybe, uh, that they're going to stop at that point. I think once they hit the net... They're probably going to crawl to the edge of that and jump off it, too. You think? Uh, It just seems logical to me that a crazy person is going to keep going for it. They're can-do kind of people. They're really motivated. (laughs) 
All right, so discover more Ed Wallach at don'tquityourdaycast.com, also on iTunes, of course. And uh, we are back in the studio with uh, Frank Cronin and uh, the Carveys, uh, Dana and Tom. Right. Um, uh, traveling Carvey brothers. So, Dana, what, what question do you get asked most often by people that, that go, oh, wow, you're, you're, you're Dana Carvey? And they spew out some questions. Is there, an, is there a typical question that gets asked of you? Um, what the hell happened to you? Where you been? <laughs> <laughs> they say, got any new, they always say, you got any new projects? And I go, uh, have you got any new projects? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're very nice. They like, uh, generally, be, because I was lucky to have a few hits on SNL, they like Church Lady. If they ask me to George Bush Sr., I always say, not going to do it. Pause. <laughs> hey, he did it by denying it. So that gets a laugh. Um, the Wayne's World thing goes through all ages. They, yeah. you know, Even the little kids have seen that. And then there's surprisingly a lot of clean slate fans. <laughs> Obscure movies that, that uh, I had nothing to do with. But um, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, and then there's a, there, you meet your Hans and Franzers. Yeah. Who are want you to pose like a Hans and Franz. And then the fifth one is, do you know Mark Hirschhorn? Ah. Uh, kind of funny, uh, right? I actually yeah. heard that. Boom, boom, boom. And then why is Thomas Carvey so handsome? That's my oh, sixth Oh, okay, interesting. I, mean, I get that question every day. <laughs> <laughs> it must be hard to be that handsome. It's yeah, a responsibility, yeah, how do you pull, How do you pull it, it together? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I, you know, I get asked that a lot, and it's... You know, it's just how I do it, you know. <laughs> it just rolls. <laughs> Tom's pretty funny, though, because uh, one time my wife and I went away. You know, Tom's like a normal teenager. And what happened was because of Twitter and everything else, within 20 minutes after my wife and I leaving the house, apparently there were 700 kids from Southern Marin in the house. <laughs> and Mark Pitta, our buddy, honey, you came out of nowhere, was walking his dog and goes, there's 700 kids at your house. So I called Tom and... They, you, it literally was a, a wildfire thing, right? You didn't invite them. They just, they, hey, no parents at Tom's house. How'd yeah, that happen, Tom? it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> but you wanted them out as much as dad, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you do you want to get into the story? Yeah. yeah sure. It's, I, it's, uh, this is a year ago. There's no. It's all part of social media. But it started social media, right? Like one kid here. So, yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, well, you can give us as much detail or yeah, not. I don't want to hear any. Okay. Um, yeah, you don't have to use any names. Okay. We'll call Mom it. and dad were gone. Okay. House is empty. All right. So. You're in charge. T- Tom call, calls girl A. Girl A comes over to the house. I go to the other room. I come back into the room, and then people are in the house. It was, it was wow. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so it was just social media. It spread like wildfire. No parents at Tom's house. Right. It wasn't that many people, though. It was only like 20 heads. 20 what? 20 heads. 20, 20 heads? 20 Where are you from, man? <laughs> well, he's a nightclub manager all of a sudden. That's fantastic. 20 <laughs> heads, so, it's, so it went clean, huh? Uh, no, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like 700 people. But like, yeah, I know, was, but that's comedy. You exaggerate. Oh, to, oh no, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I understand that, yeah. <laughs> um, there was another time... <laughs> Well, you want me to, what story do you want to tell? The ducky boat, ducky, ducky boat story? <laughs> we flipped the boat? Oh, and we flipped over? Yeah. Hey, you like to tell it. You know, you tell it good. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have to tell it. This is just, this should be its own. <laughs> Father of a teenage boy. It should be its own podcast. We should do a podcast together. 
We point really, counterpoint. We really should. This is yeah. this has inspired me. See, you see. Uh, now, I, this might be mm-hmm. a, a point of uh, contention because it's so so soon after. But uh, any stories about learning how to drive? <laughs> well, I have a visual bit about teaching <laughs> a teenager to drive, which I did with Tom and and his brother uh, Dex, who did a lot with his mom too. Which is, you know, you try to stay calm. You know, you've got a young, inexperienced driver. You want to give advice, but not flip the driver out so that you both will die. So it kind of starts out with, okay, we're doing good. Let's go straight down the road here. Um, you're probably going to hit the mailbox. Okay, just missed it. All right, let's just stay away from the ravine so we won't tumble down into the... Good, okay, the light is uh, yellow, so we want to stop. Just sort of stop. Just get ready to stop. Okay, we ran a red light. And let's listen for sirens and see if we're... Okay, we're good to go. All right, let's merge on the freeway now. We just want to pick up our... Okay, you're going 11 miles per hour. Okay, let's pick it up. Okay, now you're going 96 miles per hour, and you're one inch from the bumper in front of you. That's called tailgating, you know, pretty much an exaggeration. Yeah, whenever people get mad at me on the road, I either I either pretend to take a picture of them in their license plate, or I look out the window and I start reading their license plate. So that's the secret to... Not oh, really? You just do a lot of law enforcement license plate stuff. That's Interesting. clever. Interesting. I like it. So you yeah. pretend to take a picture. So they're mad, and you just they put your out. camera up <laughs> like you're taking They always freak out. I take it out. I'll take one. Sometimes I pretend to take one of their license plate, and then I'll take one of them. <laughs> Does that solve the problem? They usually drive away right Nice. Away. Nice. That's so Or I'll go out yeah. the window, and I'll go, I got your license plate, and I'll start reading What does that say? Four, six, zero, like... And then they drive off. It's the secret. That's really smart. And now it's out on succotash. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> so all three listeners will have that secret in their back pocket. It's going to yeah. be fun. But what did I teach you mostly about driving? Creating space. Space. Just get away from everyone else. I'm antisocial too, but on a highway, it's good lot to be. You know, people go to a movie and they want to coalesce in the middle of the theater, packed. We would have diversionary seats because we noticed if we went into an empty theater, Hershon and I have seen yeah. a matinee. Empty movie, matinee, sci-fi movie. We're, we're excited out of our minds. Two people will come right behind us. There's 700 <laughs> seats. They choose to sit right behind us yeah. and talk. So we'd get these seats, wait till we draw them in. Right. As the lights went down, we'd go off into the darkness and go away from the people who wanted to destroy our event. <laughs> That's right. So on the highway, I always try to create space. I don't want to be near someone who can end my life because they went like that. Yeah, I always figure I'll never get a speeding <laughs> ticket as long as there's at least one car going faster than me. Well, that's the thing. Get in beside, mm-hmm. get in behind an idiot. That's the way to go. <laughs> and draft speaking, off a moron. Speaking yeah. of idiots, Good. funny you should say that. Funny that that, you... <laughs> that segues into our next. Well, I knew podcast. that. This is well, a well rehearsed, well planned yeah. show. <laughs> this is uh, from uh, from Great Britain. It's from England. Uh, this is a show we've played them before, and they're pretty funny guys. This is uh, I am idiot. Uh, am this is idiot. Ben, Keith, and Howard, okay. and uh, one of them has written a children's book, so they're going to talk about that. Here's I Am Idiot. I've written a children's book. Who better to write a children's book than a single man? So, look, I realised as well that it's an easy market to break into. So I've written a book, and I want to see what you two, Keith and Howard, what yeah. you think You're of You're not going to read out the whole book. I'm going to read it now. Awesome. Don't worry, it's not very long. All right. Okay, it's called The Boy and the Pig. Good start. One day there was a boy... He lived with chickens, zebras, a porcupine, some goats, and a pig. One day, the boy went to town. On his way back home, he saw the pig. The pig looked at the boy. The boy looked at the pig. The pig looked at the boy. The boy looked at the pig. They said nothing to each other. Then they went home. The end. So, 
That is The Boy and the Pig. Can I give my feedback first? Please do, Howard. I loved the bit in the middle when they were sort of looking at each other and, you know, it, it was a bit of a standoff. I think in any, in any book, uh, not just children's book, you need... A Words. Bit, you need... <laughs> you need more of a complication... You need a problem to be solved, okay? Mm. And you need somebody to solve it, okay. all right? Sometimes, I have to say at this point, actually, sometimes thinking about Keith... Yes. He's an idiot. <laughs> so I don't think you should listen to him. What I liked was there were words, and there were sometimes in the words we were in different orders. I thought that was clever. <laughs> um, all right, that's I Am Idiot. You can find them at IamIdiotCentral.com. iTunes, they're also on Stitcher Smart Radio, just like we are. We're on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher Smart Radio. If you don't have the Stitcher app, go uh, get it from the uh, the App Store or the Android Store. And uh, just look for Stitcher on there, and we will pop up. And uh, we are on there and happy to be part of the Stitcher Smart Radio Network. I guess they're a network. I don't know what they're How are. can you get your own network? Now, now it's not just a podcast. You create your own network. You have to. We're going to have a Succotash network. And, is, and what do you give, besides a dedicated space to record it, is it also just sort of web infrastructure? Uh, you know, I don't know. So you can like, get 10 million Well, people like, uh, there's, there's different versions of them. I mean, some of them are just loose collectives of shows that happen to kind of throw in together. Because John Lovett said that to me. Be a part of my network. Come on. I go, John, I spent my whole life trying to get away from the man. <laughs> I finally have this great worldwide web where I can just have autonomy and I have to be now be under your network. Yeah, it's funny the way stuff gravitates like that. There's the Nerdist mm -hmm. Network that has like nine or ten shows under them. There's Earwolf mm -hmm. Radio, or Earwolf.com. Uh, and they're doing the same thing. It's just they start collecting mm. shows and they're all kind of pulling yeah, together. Wasn't it better with just KFRC and then KSFO? Yeah, remember those days? When we grew up and there were... That's where Joe and I met, KSFO, back in the Who day. Who was the big uh, DJ there at KSFO? At the more, oh, well, Don that Sherwood thing. was the big the big guy who was he there. Was in the total, the legend. Yeah, he what liked... What about KSAN? Who was the other guy who was kind of cool? Terry McGovern. Terry McGovern was on KSAN. KSAN, yeah. okay. Yeah. And uh, he mm -hmm. eventually came to, to KSFO, though, right? McGovern yes, was, did. did Afternoon Drive at yes, some one point. Right. Yeah. So... This is just San Francisco so, radio so from obscure. the 70s. So obscure. You know, when there was just not many outlets, not many gatekeepers. Gatekeepers. That, that's right. There's no gatekeepers. That's right. It just so happens that that is one of my favorite subjects. Gatekeepers? <laughs> no, no. Oh. San Francisco radio back in the 70s. <laughs> really? So I was well up on oh, all the good. stuff you were and talking about. And you studied oh, that at university. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Wow. No, it's a subject you can choose in Irish universities at the moment. <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> you, 70s you, know, you kind radio. of wonder about the, the dialect and, and, and how it informs the, you know, because the Irish thing, you know, it's a sort of sounds kind of uh, humble. But when you think of a French <laughs> accent, which the image of a French person is snobby. So with that accent, even if you were humble, it wouldn't, you know, I am a completely normal person. You know what I mean? I'm totally average. It just doesn't sound like he's sincere, does it? And yet, could you have an Irish snob? Oh, you could. I'm the but they usually speak like English people. I'm the cook at the walk. That's the terrible thing. There's no one better than me. Well, it's like you too. I, I hope I'm not bugging you. I don't mean to bug you. That is that what cool. Bono says, is he? He said it in one of his things. Huge U2 fan, yeah. Uh, Frank, if someone wanted to get kind of an authentic taste of Ireland from watching some sort of particular film, is there a, a movie you think, wow, they really kind of captured the spirit of the Emerald mm. Isle? Good question. Yes, anything with uh, Colin Farrell in it. Anything, honestly, <laughs> really? at the moment, yeah, he's, uh, well, he did, mm. right now I can't think of his most modern work. Actually, Kevin Meany as well 
Have you heard of that actor before? Uh, we have. We, Kevin Meany. Well, there's a comedian named Kevin Meany, yeah. but I think you're talking about a different guy. No, there's another guy anyway. There's another <laughs> film called The Van as well, which is very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Van, it's a kind of cult classic in Ireland. Or The Commitments. What about in the name of the I don't know of, if you guys have heard about that film. Oh, in the name Daniel of the Day Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. His, yeah. He had an outstanding performance where he wrapped himself up in a some tape recording uh, stuff and punched a few walls and kind of cried a little bit. Yeah, but he was I brilliant. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I'm walking out the front door. Hey. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, it was a brilliant movie and uh, I think he got an Oscar nomination for it or an Oscar, did he? Anyone? Uh, uh, um, they always give him an Oscar. Yeah, they yeah. have one special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think his dad owns the Oscars. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honored guests, are you tired of people not taking notice of you or the way you dress, no matter how much hard-earned cash you spend? Well, maybe it's time for a change. A change of pants, that is. Now you can dress to depress with a pair of Henderson's passive-aggressive pantaloons. When you want your trousers to make a statement, but not enough of one to get much notice, except you secretly really do want people to notice, of course. Well, you're ready for our passive-aggressive pantaloons, designed with your hang-ups in mind. These pants are designed to take every backhanded compliment and veiled threat with a 50-50 twill blend of mixed resentment and secret relief. And Henderson's passive-aggressive pantaloons are perfect for those dressy occasions where you wish you'd worn something more formal, yet you're keenly aware of how jealous everyone else is because of how cool and comfortable you look. Passive-aggressive pantaloons are just part of Henderson's new mental instability line. Joining our narcissism slacks, obsessive-compulsive denims, sleep disorder seersuckers, and delusions of grandeur gabardines. Originally designed for headcases like Emperor Norton, Charles Manson, and the White House Chiefs of Staff, Henderson's passive-aggressive pantaloons are available wherever the walls are padded and the doors only open from the outside. That's Henderson's making Pants like crazy since 1100 and squinge, and now back to Succotash. Um, as we're uh, we're sort of winding now, we had a couple more clips to play. Um, just uh, want to see, is there a, a particular thing you've heard about in the United States that you're curious about that you're tr- going to try and uncover as part of your travels? Well, there is there is one thing that I would like to do sincerely. Is there's a, there's a studio down in... Uh, there's a studio in LA which focuses on YouTube content, and it's called Maker Studios. So I might actually go down and visit them and see can I uh, see can I do a vlog with them and then see what potentially I could do with them. There's a lot of people uh, in that studio down there. I think they have some of the top the top uh, the mm. top hitters. So they have say Ray William Johnson, Kasim G, all these guys in one place, and all these guys are big movers and shakers. Now mm. they get maybe a million to five million hits a day. These wow. guys. So. It'll be good just to see or uh, get to know these guys and kind of figure out what can be done with them. I don't think um, I don't think they're really going to readily open the doors for somebody who's only got a thousand and one and a half thousand subscribers. But um, yeah, we're going to go down and visit and see can I cowboy my way into their into their studio. Okay, well, that's, I think that's ambitious, and uh, they might respond well to it. Yeah, well, maybe I'll send them this little uh, this little link. And give them a give them a plug. Maybe they like that. Sure, why not? You just did. So mm. uh, well, they're, they're maybe they listen. Work. Maybe they're listeners to Succotash. Well, I would guess. You never they are. know. Most people who know quality listen to Succotash. They could. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, speaking speaking of Los Angeles. Uh, this next clip comes from Los Angeles. It's uh, Sean Green's The Green Room, mm. and uh, he uh, 
has a guest, Tess Barker, on here who's uh, <laughs> recounts uh, the time that her dad tried to give her a scared straight lesson because of her behavior, and it didn't quite go as planned. What was she doing? Uh, you'd have to hear the clip, which we're going to do right now. I'll tell this quick story, too. Um, I tried to run away from home. I talk about this sometimes on stage, but I tried to run away from home when I was a kid. And it was just like I got in a fight with my parents for whatever reason, harumphed up the street with, like, a pillow, and I was just going to go hang out at the playground for a couple hours and show them what they were missing. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad rolls up, and he goes, you want to run away from home? You think life on the streets is easy? He's like, get in the car. And I get in the car, and he's, like, fuming. He drives us down to L.A. Oh, my God. Tries to find a homeless person to teach me a lesson. <laughs> Can't find one anywhere. Ends up stopping at the Donut Time on Hollywood and Highland. Wow. Picks up two transvestite hookers. What? One of Picks them up? Yeah. One of which had a little kitten with a rhinestone collar, which was the mo- <laughs> that was the thing I was most interested in. <laughs> Yay, Daddy, I'm going to be a transvestite hooker when I grow up. Look at the cool collar I get. Yay. <laughs> so he took all four of us out to dinner at Amber's <laughs> Hamlet. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. And he had these these women. I didn't even, I didn't I did not realize that they were men dressed as women. I didn't realize that they had sex for money. None of this I was like, this doesn't look that bad. They were bad. just dressed really yeah. They looked hot. Yeah. <laughs> that explains the attraction to Britney Spears Thank as well. They're just dressed in flashy clothes. Yeah, and they were totally phoning it in. Like they were like, uh-huh, girl, you don't want this life. Like they were clearly only doing it because they knew that was what was paying for their dinner. Yeah, but for them, like this is jackpot. Wait, the John just wants us to say stuff to the dog. Oh, no. And that's his name, too. Oh, <laughs> your dad, funny. John, of yeah. course. Yeah. It makes it makes so much sense. <laughs> now, I would have loved to have been there with the conversation, like, you're in the car, I don't know, polishing a firearm, doing whatever. And, <laughs> and dad's outside explaining to the transvestite prostitutes what's going to go down. Now, okay, now I'm going to take you over to Denny's, and I just want you to explain the perils of living life on the street. Exactly. Okay, so exactly. then we blow you? No, no, no. You don't? <laughs> no, no, it's all no. you have to do. <laughs> okay, but is, is the kid going to watch? That's extra, all right? No, 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 no. Listen, I'm not paying you to have sex. Right, are you wearing a wire? What's going on? Like, they must have. I can't imagine the trip to Denny's to do the scared straight thing to the daughter. Now, that's a really that's a really long way to go. I understand the panhandling, but taking... <laughs> exactly. I mean, and like how... I, I, it, it was completely in effect. And we, he got pulled over on the way to... Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Tess, this is the greatest amazing. story of all time. All right, so... Okay, he gets pulled over. Now, is this going to the restaurant? This is coming back from the restaurant. He gets pulled over. And so the police officer has my dad and the two trannies sit on the curb. I'm allowed to stay in the car. <laughs> And so I look down at them, and all three of them are looking up at me with these pleading eyes, and I don't really understand what's going on. Your dad's like, hide the gun. Yeah. (laughs) And then after, so the the cop asks me, he goes, so why'd you run away from home? And I'm like, seriously? My dad's on the curb with two prostitutes. (laughs) (laughs) So I get back in the car, and my dad goes, "Um, I know that was, like, really scary, but you were never in danger because there's a loaded gun under your seat. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, wait, how old were you when this happened? I was probably, I think I was in fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so I was older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how you were, I love how you weren't in trouble because a police was there. You were safe because the police there. That wasn't what your dad was going for. Was no, in case shit got real with the cops, you could yeah. fire back. And my favorite moment is before my dad came to get me, him 
loading the gun, putting it under the seat of my car, and being like, yeah, this is a good idea. <laughs> Wait, before he got... Oh, before he got you to... Oh, before he picked you up to yeah. take you down. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so uh, check out more at TomTGreen.com, iTunes and Stitcher. Um, let's... Uh, talk a little bit about uh, as the political uh, election year is heating up uh, Mr. Carvey um, what uh, from your 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 sort of comic take on things now that the uh, Republican Party seems to be winnowing down to their ultimate candidate uh, any yeah. particular uh, perspective on things well I find it uh, so thank thank you Mark you know I've, I've got my cans on so suddenly I I can get kind of close up here and be kind of FME well, I think it's going to be very interesting. Obama's a very clever man. Um, I'm, I'm start to, when I'm around Frank, I do a little bit of his rhythm <laughs> without even thinking about it. Not full Irish, but just a little bit. He's a clever lad. <laughs> and uh, Mitt Romney um, has a habit of saying the opposite of what he wants to say. He gets a little jumpy, a little nervous. I like to fire people. I don't worry much about the very poor. <laughs> it's not a good quality for a presidential candidate <laughs> um you wouldn't want that guy but i think it's interesting that some of the uh, some people don't want to vote for him because he's mormon and i wanted to make the point that all theologies sound crazy um unless you believe in them and then that's fine you know and i don't <laughs> judge between scientology or mormonism or catholicism but i think it's funny when some uh some people uh evangelicals won't vote for romney because his theology is quote crazy <laughs> be like well what's your theology well we believe in the bible and god made adam and eve well first he made adam then adam was born he made eve then he put a snake on a tree <laughs> and no he put an apple on a tree said don't eat that adam said okay then adam for a million years they just hung out there then he put a snake on a tree said "Ooh, that's a good apple so he <laughs> ate it and they got thrown out of there then this the king killed abel and jonah slept in a whale's belly and charlton heston got to think about in the mountains and all this kind of stuff. Then baby God came down. He said some crazy stuff, so they killed him. Then he raised from the dead, and four people saw it. And and if you believe them, you go to heaven. If you're skeptical, you go to hell. But that Mormonism is whacked. That's some crazy shit, man. What the fuck? That was my little... I don't know. Is that I've gotten in trouble. I've I've said a, a, a slur against gay, you, gay people, and now this. You'll be thrown off the air. Uh, but Barack Obama, mm, Barack Obama's very clever, and he's got a way of making things sound very important, no matter what it is. Sorry, I got nothing. I don't want to do shtick. Tom. Oh, I got uh, <laughs> Frank? Oh, I've got very little. Uh, fr Frank? Do Frank. the Prime Minister of Ireland. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> now, that's funny. From you. <laughs> uh, let's get into uh, the Tom and Jeff show. Uh, these guys used to be uh, <laughs> professional radio announcers at uh, 105.7 The Point in oh, St. Louis. Interesting. I don't know if they quit or got fired, but they can't give it up. So they now have their own podcast, The Tom and Jeff Show. And here's a, a little feature. Now they get to swear. Here's a little feature they do called the f uh, Fuck No Game. Wow. So here's Tom and Jeff. Sounds like a good game. On a uh, Wednesday, we do a fuck yes game. Uh, somebody call, somebody write in and say, hey, you guys should do a fuck no game. Yes, and we said, okay. Oh, we're going to do Anything a fuck no Anything to change it up, game. we're in. Should Here I even go. play the open? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The answer's fuck no, no, no. The answer's fuck no. The 
Hey, Jeff, uh, can I give your uh, wife a day in court? Fuck no. Any way I can pull one out in your front seat? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> can I shave my body hair in your bathroom? Fuck no. I'm babysitting your kids over the weekend, right? Uh, Fuck no. Can I borrow some cash? Fuck no. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> Tom, do you currently have the uh, state minimum coverage insurance on your car? Fuck no. Tom, would you mind if I had sex with your mom on the hood of your car and finished on your windshield? Fuck no. So you wouldn't mind. Okay, good. <laughs> Tom, do you really have a lot of friends, don't you? Fuck no. <laughs> Tom, have you showered today? Fuck no. Tom, do you deny having ma male DNA in your mouth at the present time? The fuck no. That's the fuck no game. <laughs> Kara. Huh. <laughs> Would the prospect of going down on me disgust you? Fuck no. Okay. Good, That's you. people have been tweeting the fuck no game all morning to me, and it all has stuff to do with dicks. Well, here let's read let's read some of those because uh, we're doing dick, some. Dick, 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 Kara, dick, you dick, really dick, love dick, cock dick, dick, in dick. your mouth. Fuck no. Fuck no. You would really hate it if Michael the Red railed you from behind and came in your hair. <laughs> oh. Fuck no. Why does anybody got to do any of that in anybody's hair? Mm -hmm. uh, boom, boom. Do you believe that Hitler was a crazy psychopath? that had a warped vision for the world. Fuck no. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, this is Population control, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. That was all, you, all you had to say was fuck no. <laughs> that was from Mitch and Tom West. Here's another Mitch and Tom West. Tom, do you think that Abraham Lincoln did the right thing by freeing the slaves? Fuck no. <laughs> wow, this is going dark. <laughs> That's what the fuck Yescape was turned into. I thought we were getting away from this. Uh, this might even be worse. Could be. Let's see. I think that's all of them right now. So that's the uh, the Tom and Jeff Show. Uh, they're at TomAndJeffShow.com. They're also on iTunes. And uh, something tells me they used to be one of those morning zoo crews. Those guys are edgy. <laughs> well, it was always Tommy the Bull. It was always some kind of animal creature. <laughs> Tommy the Bull on, you know, I used to do a bit about that. 519 in the city and 521 on the Dane Rock. It was like this two-minute differential for no reason. <laughs> now, you, uh, you said they're edgy, Frank? Well, yeah. I do, well, some of their uh, foreign policy there I didn't completely agree with. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want to say. No? All right. About but the good. Emancipation Proclamation. About the Emancipation. Yeah. That's a bit of a hot potato. Yeah. And as an Irishman, I know my hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> He's embracing the stereotype, which I love. Potatoes and booze. That's all you guys want to do. Yep. <laughs> Jump in the sea. <laughs> yeah. With some potatoes and booze. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I have nothing else to say. Yeah, throw a few potatoes in the sea. Salty water. Lovely. Well, my brother... <laughs> My brother Scott has a new catchphrase at work. And Scott, who does the... Uh, the music for... The music. For, yeah. And he's quite a character. But when my other brother was my assistant on some movies and he didn't think I was being treated well, he had this phrase. He'd say, you know, when your friend's trying to root for you, but it only encourages bitterness, they fucked you. They fucked you. They fucked you. You know, that was the <laughs> phrase. So Scott's made that a big catchphrase at work all the time with his friends. They fucked you. They fucked you. They fucked you. <laughs> and it's such a funny thing. You know, Uncle Mark, you could see him saying that. Uncle Mark says that? Or Uncle well, he Scott was my that? assistant. Mar Uncle Mark started the phrase. He was my assistant Uncle on Mark, movies. Uncle Mark started that. Well, But he didn't do it as a joke. 
<laughs> he would, I would be on the movie and like say if I didn't get his enough close-ups or they, something wasn't going right in the movie, he'd go, they fucked you, they fucked you, they fucked you. <laughs> and so Scott heard that and then turned it into a comedy phrase at work. You know, Scott does yeah, that. Like so that. it's just, if you people at work, if you're frustrated, they fucked you, they fucked you. So it's just funny, the idea of like friends supporting you, yeah, yeah. but just initiating complete bitterness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I've seen that. I've seen they that. fucked you, they That's fucked good. you, they fucked you. <laughs> so, anyway. It's going to become Sorry. our new catchphrase. Uh, it's a good one. Uh, we are going to get to our last piece of the show. Uh, this is a regular feature on the show from our friend Will Durst, oh. political comedian extraordinaire from San Francisco. One of the best little openers I've ever had. Uh, of course. <laughs> and uh, we uh, we comic. call this feature good, the we we uh, call this feature the burst o Durst. It's a couple of minutes of Durst's uh, observations on the political landscape. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a warning. Remember when his own staffer said Mitt Romney had the conviction of an Etch-A-Sketch? Well, stand back, because as we speak, the former governor from Massachusetts is being flipped over and shaken so hard, the fillings in the back teeth of his whole family are starting to rattle. What this all means is we're entering the general election mode, so anything Mitt Romney might have said during the primary no longer applies. It's such a brand new ball game. We're not even playing with the same tools anymore. Fast-pitch hardball has become beach volleyball before our very eyes, and the sand has been replaced with money. A Republican primary is all about hard right angles, while the general election is more soft focus, nice round contours, less snippy retorts, and more sly evasions. Gauze is being spread over the Romney lens, and next comes two fingers of Vaseline. The severely conservative has turned into a moderate kind of a guy. Mr. It's okay to call Susan Fluke a slut is now the soul of chivalry. And the war on women was started by Obama. So apparently he's taking a page straight out of the Karl Rove handbook and is going to run one of those I know you are about what am I campaigns. Republicans love this third grade strategy. He accused the other guy of exactly what you're guilty of. Like in 2004, when a borderline deserter successfully accused a war hero of being a traitor. If he can't convince the people, confuse them. After all, there's a fine line between education and confusion. I can't wait for the challenger to accuse the incumbent of being a fat cat tool of Wall Street, or belonging to a funny religion, or having a history of insensitivity to dogs. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Thank you, Will Durst and the Burst of Durst. Also want to thank our Yeah, thanks guest, a lot. Thank our guest, Dana Carvey. It was great to be here, let me tell you. Tom Carvey. <laughs> thank you. And Frank Cronin. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, uh, oh, so check out Frank at Glow Punk everywhere on the internet. Glow Punk. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Hershon. Thank you. Check out Dana Carvey uh, in uh, Clean Slate. Clean Slate, Trapped in Paradise, and Road to Wellville. Why not make it an evening? When you need pants, it's Henderson's. And uh, Tom, uh, we'll see you, I'm sure, on the horizon soon somewhere uh, in one of Frank's videos, actually. Yeah, check me out on Glow Punk. Right on. Ladies, get at me. All right. <laughs> That's going to do it till next time. Until then, please remember to pass the damn suck You. I love, the, I love the urban slang. Ladies, get at me. It was 20 heads. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's... I like that. I like that.